Welcome to the Repertory Podcast with your host, Karen Allen, where each episode takes you from case scenario to words, from words to rubrics, from rubrics to rep set, from repertorization to remedies, from differential to outcome, all in about 25 minutes. It's fun, it's quick, it's never the same. Grab your repertory, a pen and paper to take some notes, and buckle up. Been doing the last several cases have been COVID cases. And we've just been talking about how the individual presentations go come up and how do we match that? You know, I think a lot of us have ideas or have been told, oh, the remedy for COVID is blah, or it's blah, or you do this thing, or you do that thing. And the reality is that there are a lot of different variants that are flowing around. And what I'm seeing in one part of the country from my clients who are on the West Coast is quite different than in the center of the country, that's different in the Northeast of the country, that's different in Florida or in San Diego. And so it really helps us to have our repertory skills at the ready so that we can launch right into this and be quite specific in helping our clients. So I wanted to share this case with you because it helps with our ongoing theme of learning to specify locations, not just you know a body zone, but an actual location within that body zone. And it also helps us with our acute therapeutics for COVID. Okay, so if you're new, welcome, welcome. We're super glad to have you. What you need is a repertory. If you are relatively new to the repertory, you might find that this goes kind of fast and you're like, crap, I was still trying to find the section and they already named the rubric and moved on. Don't worry, that's okay. What I wanna ask you to do if that's true is to be listening, writing down the rubrics and you can go find them later. Or you can also go find the recording on the open access page for the hub. And you can listen to it and pause it and go find the rubric and pause it and go find the rubric. And the more you look these rubrics up, the better you're going to be at doing this. So our client today is a 38-year-old female. And she calls me and says, I am extremely uncomfortable. She says, my brother tested positive for COVID three days ago. And I was with him uh, the day before. And whatever he's got, I'm sure I totally got exposed. I said, okay, what are your symptoms? And I'm thinking, oh, this is like other stuff that I'm hearing. Maybe there's a body ache. Maybe there's a fever. Maybe it's the scratchy, scratchy throat. Maybe it's the, and this, this client says, my left eye got itchy. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about COVID exposure. Well, this is one of the documented symptoms of COVID, irritation in the eyes. She says, it was before I went to bed yesterday, it just started being itchy, like in the inner corner here. I woke up this morning and I just could not think. I could not, I just, it was like, it was confusing to me to figure out the order of 
pull back the covers, get out of the bed, walk into the bathroom. She said, after I was up for a little while, I was my normal self, but I woke in to this really strange, mentally foggy, confused place. And she said, I've never had that before. And it was very weird. Well, today, she feels like she's getting a cold. And this left eye that was itchy, itchy yesterday and really bothering her a lot last night is super goopy, white, yellowy goop. She said it's enough that she has to keep wiping it away. Now, the entire inner half of her eye is very, very red. And if she moves her eyes around, like a great question, a great screening question to help between these kinds of remedies and those kinds of remedies is, is it affected by blinking? Is it affected by moving your eyes around? So her symptoms are not affected by blinking. Doesn't matter whether she has her eyes closed or open, same irritability, same itchiness, same discomfort. But if she moves her eyes around, they are much worse. It's not specific to looking up or down. I just ask her to look around and it's bad. It makes the itching much worse. And then I ask her, is there any sensation other than the itching? She said it's sort of like on the edge of burning, like if you got a bee sting that felt hot and burny. And Bobby's got a good question. Is it still just the left eye? Yes. She's got the beginning of a tickly throat. She's got, but she says, I just feel like, you know, that beginning part of a little stuffy with the nose, but mostly like 99% of my symptoms right now are with my eye. The first rubric that's important to us to find is something that says, this is a symptom of the eye that is related to some kind of contagious, cold, flu, something, not an injury. So what section are we gonna, we want to get as clear as we can an etiology. Okay, so Keely says, let's look in the eyes section. We also might be able to find something in generalities. Let's look under eye discharges. Let's go into the eye section here. And we're going we're gonna to step into a really old word. Qatar is an old homeopathic word for this irritation, inflammation that's generally associated with mucous membranes. And coryza is the fluent discharge related to that. One of the ways that we can identify this as it wasn't from an injury, it wasn't because she got something in her eye, it wasn't from something that arose within the eyeball itself, it's related to this other communicable disease. So this rubric, eye, catar, cold, from. Now, this always brings up the question, well, does that just mean they were out in the cold? But if you track through and look at the remedies, the concept of taking cold meant getting an acute illness. So we're going to grab this as our first rubric. So right here, we've got discharges of mucus or pus, which is where we are. And we can grab that large general rubric, right? 
but we could also maybe look in there and see, oh, it's kind of white, yellow. So this rubric of yellow says there's some level of infection and white blood cells are dying on your behalf. And so we're gonna grab that. Now we can also see this incredible redness from the very inner canthi, that little lump in the very inside corner of your eye, all the way out to the iris. Where are we gonna find a rubric for that? Eyes discoloration, yes, good. Redness, absolutely. We've got a process, a bodily process here of inflammation of this tissue. You... Would be the conjunctiva. It's the surface of the eyeball and the inner surface of the membranes, right? So what was her issue with the canthi? Itching, right, excellent. So she's got itching. And remember when we look in the structure of the repertory, the first thing that we see is left or right, any laterality is gonna be right up there at the top. And then we've got times of day, morning, forenoon, evening, night. And then we start with our A to Z rubrics. And then you can see that the alphabetical order is wonky again. Here we have canthi after warm. This is because we've stepped past modifiers into locations. So now we've got canthi. This goes into other areas of the eyes, lids, the orbital arch all that kind of stuff. So we're gonna grab this because that was the area that's still super itchy. Now, when she moved her eyes around, that made it worse. So can we find a rubric for that? Movement, excellent, it's right here. So movement of the eyeballs. The one that I used was rolling. Now, this is a funny rubric. Any of these like involuntary rubrics, she's got movement that aggravates. And if you actually look in here, when people are really sick and when they have neurological aggravation, their eyes do all kinds of things. Their eyes do convulsive movements that they're not controlling. Their eyes do involuntary motion sideways like nystagmus, or their eyes will do a, there are certain neurological conditions where your eyes will sweep left and right. This is the most general aggravation moving eyes, but this rubric could also be used for somebody whose eyes are rolling around as a part of a neurological thing. So not every remedy in here is going to be exactly what we think we were looking for, but this is kind of the best we can get. So if we were unsure about this, how else could we? Oh, good. Bobby says, what about eye pain motion aggravates? Exactly. We could also go into the generalities section. Now, what kind of pain did she say she had? She said she had a specific kind of pain, burning. Good, Erin. So we're going to grab that. Eye pain burning. Okay. 
Now there's one other thing. We don't really have anything in here about the conjunctival location. We got the canthus, but we don't have the conjunctiva. Where can we bring in that aspect of it? Because it's not just the inner canthus, it's the whole surface of the eyeball. And she said she can, like she pulled out her lower eyelid and she can see the inner side of that is all red. It says eye inflammation conjunctiva, which is excellent. So again, like before, we've got side, we've got times of day, and then we start with our A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So what'll happen is that you'll come in here and you'll be looking, where's conjunctiva? It should be right here after cold. No, 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 Dr. Kent was not all about that. He separated the locations to the end. So you have to just keep scrolling, 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 or turning pages until you can get there. Okay, so here we go, conjunctiva. We've got our etiology that she's got this communicable, maybe it's COVID. I asked her, have you done a COVID test? She says, I don't have one at home, but she was gonna go by her mom's house and pick one up and do one because there's a public health factor involved here. If she is COVID positive, then she's morally and ethically obligated to not pass that on to other people. And so we're kind of morally and ethically obligated to encourage people to test and to be responsible about that. And then we've got these two kinds of discharge, one that's just the generic one and the other one that's yellow. So I think we're gonna add these together. Now, why do you add things together? Well, if you think about your repertory as a pie chart, you don't wanna have any particular aspect of the case be out of proportion for how big it was compared to the other elements. So we wouldn't wanna have five rubrics in here all about redness because that would overemphasize that aspect. By combining these two things about discharge and discharge yellow, we make sure that it's included in there, but we don't double the amount of real estate in the rubric set for that item. Okay, so we've got these two kinds of motion and the pain from motion. We've got the burning, the itching, the discoloration. Oh, Bobby says, do we need to do the tickly throat and the fact that she was disoriented? That's an excellent um, question. I think we definitely, the thing about waking up disoriented was absolutely unusual for her and important. So let's go look in the mind section and see what we can find for that. So what did she say? It happened on waking up. It went away once she was pretty solidly, yeah, she could not think. So we can look in here, mind, confusion of mind, morning, waking. Because it didn't happen all morning until lunch. It just happened while she was waking up and it was very unusual. That's really good, Bobby. Thank you for reminding me. The other things, I feel like I'm kind of beginning to get a cold. Maybe my nose is getting a little stuffy. Maybe my throat is getting a little tickly. 
Um, I don't think we can include those because we don't have very much detail yet. Uh, that's a good question. Aaron says, how do you choose confusion versus dullness of mind? The way that people usually describe dullness is that they can't think. The way people usually describe confusion is that it was hard for them to figure things out. Like I was trying to figure out how to get the covers off and get myself into the bathroom, the order of doing things. It was a, it's more of a disorientation of their thought process than a lack of their thought process. I tend to use dullness when there's more of a lack of thought process. Does that make sense, Erin? Okay. All right. So now let's go back and take a peek at what we got here. Bobby says, I don't think you have anything that says left. So we could go either into eyes or generalities because it's interesting that this was only her left eye and she didn't have the symptoms at all on the right-hand side. When you would think that whatever she was exposed to was both eyeballs. So what do you think? Pick a rubric for me, somebody. Eyes inflammation left. We can do that. How big is that rubric, Kristen? Oh, I only have right. I don't have left. Oh, you're in the complete. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I think the best that I can do for you is to look in generalities. Generalities, side, left. Now, once we get a set like this, we've got three questions that we ask. The first question, is it true? Well, this one about the eyeballs rolling, it's partly true. It's not totally true because we know there are other symptoms about the eyeballs moving around that may or may not uh, that would not be this specific instance. So we might, you know, one of the things that we talk about is if we handed this rubric set to a jury of our peers, would they pass it? Would they say, okay? I think there's some of them that might say, you know, this is a stronger option, pain, general motion, eyes aggravate. So we might want to take this one and set it aside. And then we can add it back in there later if we want to. Okay, so the redness, the itching, is there anything else in here that anybody could argue is not totally true? Our second question, is it useful? Sometimes there's rubrics that we can find and we drag them in here because we're so glad we could find something, but they're not actually significant. So for example, um, you know, if she said that uh, last night she noticed that she was sleeping on her back and most of the time she sleeps on her side, but sometimes she does sleep on her back. So she's not sure if that was part of it or not, but she did notice that she slept on her back. We could put a rubric in here like sleeping position on her back, but it's not really relevant at all to the case. So anything in here that seems tangential is going to dilute our rubric set and make our job harder. Okay. And then the last question, is there anything else that we talked about 
for this client that has not been included. And Bobby did a good job of saying, whoa, wait a minute, what about the confusion on waking? So we've added that in. What about the left side? So we've added that in. Okay, you guys ready to take a look? You wanna see what we did? Ta-da! Okay, it's not surprising at all to see sulfur which has redness of the margins and you know where inner meets outer. So not surprising at all to see that. Not surprising to see pulsatilla with a yellowy white profuse discharge. Not surprising at all to see argentum nitricum, which is a remedy that has very strong affinity for the eyes. This is silver nitrate, which they used to put in baby's eyes when they were born to protect them against any kind of transmitted diseases, gonorrhea, syphilis, things like that. But we also have right up here, euphrasia. And euphrasia doesn't come up in repertorization very often. It is a remedy that has a really strong affinity to the eyes. Do you guys know its, its common name, euphrasia? Eye bright, that's right. And so this was what I gave the client, some 30C and I asked her to sip on it. And within five minutes, all the sensation was gone. And within an hour, all the redness was gone. The, the little beginning tickly sore throat, snuffy nose, all that was gone after euphrasia. Now euphrasia is not commonly associated with influenza, but it does show up in some of those rubrics sometimes. So we need to stay open-minded about what is the right remedy for each person. We can never make the assumption that, oh, because this is this kind of year and because it's you know this area of the country and most people in that part of the country have been responding well to Nux vomica or Bryonia or whatever, we can't ever assume, oh yeah, we'll just give them that same thing that I heard from somebody else. In each case, the repertory is our friend to take us from something generic to something very individual for that specific person. This would be a great week to read Materia Medica for euphrasia and get a little bit more familiar with that remedy if you haven't spent very much time with it. Thanks for investing your time and effort into learning and using the repertory. You're invited to join us live at Monday Midday Repertory as we create these podcast episodes. Learn more about how to use the repertory with me, Karen Allen, author of the repertory tutorial and workbook, which is now an e-course at www.trinityhealthhub.com. See you next time with another repertory case.